Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. And on this show, we talk about everything related to heavy metal and chemical detoxification and how it harms your health. Today, we have Dr. Bill McGraw on the show, and he's going to be talking about how to detox aluminum and forever chemicals. These are very specific detoxes. And Bill is very, very knowledgeable. He's written many books on detoxification, a wealth of knowledge, very detailed statistics and you know where you find this stuff, where we're getting it into our bodies, uh, specific supplements and methods you need to detox these toxins that are ubiquitous in our environment. Almost every single person has these toxins in their body. So it's very important to listen to the show and follow some of the recommendations that Dr. McGraw has. So we're talking about uh, exactly where we find aluminum and how to detox it, how we need to use silica to detox aluminum, where you find silica in the diet, in water, et cetera why we need to use sweat therapy to get aluminum out of our body. Uh, we also talk about Rife technology and how he uses Rife technology, specifically Spooky 2 to get uh, to help facilitate detoxification in the body. We also talk about forever chemicals, so where we find them, how they're in the food wrappers and processed foods and how um, uh, these forever chemicals are used in, you know, essentially the, the food wrappers uh, is uh, where we find them in the, the nonstick pans. We find them in fire retardants on furniture and mattresses. I mean, they're just in so many different places and in the water we drink, we get, uh, that's the, one of the main sources of forever chemicals and water. So we talk about what kind of water filtration system that you need to you know, remove these from the, the main source, that, how they're coming into our body. So tune in today. This is a really, really important show. And I know you guys listening to the Myers Detox podcast are worried about your body burden of toxins. So I created a quiz that you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com. Just a couple of seconds and answer a few lifestyle questions and you'll get your relative body burden results. And then after that, you get a free video series about how to detox your body. And I answer a lot of your frequently asked questions in a video series about how to detox your body and what, you know, answering all of your questions that people have typically when they're starting out detoxing. So check it out at heavymetalsquiz.com. So our guest today, Dr. Bill McGraw. So he's a multidiscipline research scientist working in the fields of agriculture, aquaculture, uh, fisheries, coral reef ecology, and naturopathic medicine. And he began studying medicine because of a healing crisis he was experiencing that began in 2010. He couldn't find a doctor or therapist to help him. So he became a doctor of medicine to heal himself. And medicine became a real passion of his to help others do the same. And since then, he's become a very adept healer with many full cancer cures, detox successes, and countless resolutions of many chronic diseases for a variety of people from many different countries. And Dr. Bill knows that the cure for all chronic diseases can be found using RIPE technology, supplementing for mineral deficiencies and removing toxins from the human body. And he continues to educate in all of his chosen fields and he achieves, achieves better than a 90% success rate in healing people from chronic diseases. You can learn more about Dr. Bill and his work at drbillmcgraw.com. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me, Wendy. It's great to be here. 
tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the health field. Oh boy. Uh, about 15 years ago, I was suffering from insomnia while working in South Africa on a multi-million dollar aquaculture project. And I went to uh, to see a doctor about it and he gave me a prescription drug and I went to another doctor and he gave me another drug and so on. So that went on for years and it didn't really fix my insomnia. I just kept moving on to more prescription drugs and I accumulated a bag of them. And eventually the insomnia turned into um, anxiety where I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and blood pressure 210 over 120 and uh, end up having to take benzodiazepine to sleep every night. And uh, the last MD I went to basically told me I, he didn't want to ever see me again. He had no more drugs for me. So I, I made the, the rounds with the uh, whatever naturopathic doctors I could find. And, you know, they hooked me up to machine, hooked me up to machines and uh, gave me readouts of all the things wrong with me, sold me these expensive herbal supplement stuff and nothing worked. And eventually I just had enough and realized I had to fix myself. So I began studying medicine. This was like 15 years ago. And I just couldn't stop. I fixed myself by doing, just supplementing with potassium and magnesium, which was causing my anxiety. And eventually the same thing, uh, adding some other minerals because I was severely mineral deficient and the anxiety was a physiological response to mineral deficiency. And then I did a hair test, figured out I had heavy metals and did a mercury detox and eventually, um, you know, solved my problem and then continued studying alternative medicine and went on to get involved more and more and became a, a doctor of medicine and began treating people full time. And I got into rife technology and heavy, heavy into detoxification because that's what fixed me. And I began fixing other people. And now I work on just about every kind of disease you can possibly think of that's chronic. Right, fantastic. Yeah. And today I want to talk to you about aluminum toxicity and forever chemicals. It's something I haven't really uh, done a show like specifically on that. So tell us about kind of the, the prevalence of uh, forever chemicals in our environment. Yeah, they tend to be located around areas of high population, a lot of industry. They're pretty localized. Uh, the interesting point, which people probably don't know, is they were developed in the 1930s. Uh, there's 4,700 compounds worth over $100 billion for forever chemicals, also known as purple alkyl substances. Uh, the reason that they're used so very much is because they add really good durability, stain resistance, and they're found and used in just a variety of products such as cosmetics and uh, firefighting equipment, clothing, especially outdoor clothing, and processed food packaging. Um, um, they're just more and more being used all over the place and more and more found in the, in the environment all over the place. Um, and, and they're incredibly toxic. As people know, uh, DuPont paid $670 million to people who claim they got cancer from Forever Chemicals in 2012. So it kind of reminds me of glyphosate in that respect. Um, the reason they can't break down in the environment is because of strong carbon fluorine bonds. And the only way to break these bonds down is when the forever chemicals are exposed to a certain bacteria called anaerobic bacteria that exists without oxygen. Um, they can break that bond, but it takes a long time. And so right now there's 200 people in the United States drinking forever chemicals in their water every single day. That's one of the commonalities with aluminum. It, they just seem to be really uh, in so many water sources and uh, the other main sources are processed foods, 
fish, believe it or not, much like mercury, the larger the fish you have, the more forever chemicals. And so they get into our bodies from a number of different ways. They're hard to break down the environment and they're really hard to get out of our body more so than even, even as much as heavy metals like, like mercury and certainly a lot harder to get out of the body than, than aluminum. So 97% of all the people in the United States have tested positive for forever chemicals. Now, some of the disease they cause, uh, forever chemicals cause, they disrupt calcium levels in the blood, causing increase in arteriosclerosis and blood clots. Uh, they cause problems with cholesterol and liver and kidney damage. Uh, they're attached to proteins and they get circulated all around the body. Uh, they easily cross the blood-brain barrier, accumulate in the hippocampus, and cause Alzheimer's. One out of three people over the age of 80 is going to die from Alzheimer's disease, scheduled to go to two out of three in the next 80 years. So uh, forever chemicals also accumulate in breast milk. So a child could be uh, accumulating forever chemicals, even just being born as they cross the placental barrier, much like aluminum. And so then the child gets more through milk samples exposed uh, to uh, certain types of processed foods and they accumulate more and more. Um, forever chemicals accumulate predominantly in the lungs and there they uh, contribute to inflammation, pulmonary edema. Um, they're also linked to increase inflammation in the lungs with, uh, together with graphene oxide and vaccines. They're endocrine disruptors. They interfere with uh, testicular development. They cause immune suppression. So there's so many different things, so many different avenues that they cause so many different problems. Now, getting rid of them, is, which is <laughs> mostly what people listen to me for these days, uh, it's really hard. Uh, there is a compound called cholestyramine, um, which you can take, which binds bile acids, which are attached to forever chemicals in the gallbladder and help remove them out through the gastrointestinal tract, preventing hepatic portal vein recirculation, like a lot of toxins, much like mercury. And this is one of the ways that you can get rid of forever chemicals is by taking this uh, compound, which I think requires a prescription for. Now, most people are going to ask me right after that, well, isn't there something um, more natural we can take. And of course, there usually always is. And you can actually um, eat beets. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert uh, von Starbucker, who uh, advocates the mini beet protocol. But this is a matter of uh, drinking beet juice with carrot juice and then also eating apples. And it does the same sort of thing. It just binds the bile acids attached to forever chemicals and, you know, prevents them from going through the internal hepatic circulation, which is a normal avenue of digesting fats that we normally do all the time when we eat fats. And so instead of you know recirculating around through the liver, you're going to pass it down through the gastrointestinal tract once it's bound to things like beets or beet juice or asparagus or okra. So it, it turns out that the story is a, a lot, a lot of the story is the same in, in terms of when we eat a lot of organic vegetables and they contain certain types of compounds, which are naturally found, and certain types of fibers. Even in, in apples, you'll find pectin, which helps us bind heavy metals. We pass them out through, through the gastrointestinal tract. So these are going to be one of the hardest things, I think, to get out of the, the human body because from reading studies, there was a study published in 2010, where, which determined that sweat therapies and zeolites were completely ineffective for removing forever chemicals. So this is why probably why 97, 98% of the people in the United States 
test positive for forever chemicals. They're so incredibly difficult to get rid of. Yeah, that's like, there's a lot of pro, a lot of chemicals like that, that the body has never seen before. The body doesn't know how to break it down. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot more problems with various chemicals in addition to the, to the over 40 plus forever chemicals that we have in our environment. Um, right. Is there, is, do you do any like bioenergetic technologies or frequencies to facilitate detoxification of forever chemicals as well? I think so. Yeah, we have a terrain protocol that we do through Spooky2 program and Rife technology, which I think predominantly is an extractor of tissues. So it's good if you run that terrain protocol through remote technology using quantum entanglement and then increase sweat therapies and use vitamin C, which prevents oxidation of tissues and keeps free radicals in check while potentially taking low amounts of glutathione either through a transdermal patch or small amounts throughout the day um, in, liposomal, in liposomal form so that you're binding continually toxins at a low level over time rather than just, I hear some of my clients who've done these weekend detoxes and they just suffer horribly for it because as they always say, it's a marathon, it's not a race. And so it's more like a slow and steady, continual detox that you have to, to get rid of things like this that are hard to get rid of. And then, of course, always the first stage of detox is to prevent the additional input of these forever chemicals, which is all about knowledge. Where do you find them? How do they get into your body? And of course, if they're in so many water samples in so many places in the United States, especially around industrial areas and areas of high population, you really have to have activated carbon and ion exchange resin uh, cartridge filters like zero water um, filter that you can buy off Amazon or, or other companies and continually filter your water so that the only water you're intaking is really good filtered water that doesn't contain more of these chemicals. So it's kind of useless detoxing and, and getting into detox protocols when you just continually taking in more junk. So it means the elimination of processed foods and being aware that, you know, larger carnivorous fish contain more of these chemicals as well as mercury, obviously. And, you know, the knowledge and the detox is a, a, a total package that you have to engage in. If you want to be successful at, at uh, living a long, healthy life and avoiding chronic disease and, the, and all the toxification that you can get into when you, when you tend to ignore these things. Yeah. And even if you take like every measure uh, available to you, you know, that you almost live in a detox bubble, which, you know, some people can certainly get into. I was certainly there at one point, but even if you take all every measure precaution possible, you're still exposed. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely impossible to avoid just living in modern life. And, and you want to have, you want to relax a little bit. Also, I think that I, I don't, I think these days I try not to get too fanatical about every tiny little thing, you know, mm -hmm. because it is hard to, to avoid this stuff. And you just, you know, bottom line, you have to live a detox lifestyle. You have to work on getting this stuff out of your body. And I love that you use Rife technology. Um, I use a spooky to Rife myself and use it for mm -hmm. detoxification. I used it today on my daughter for a wart. I mean, it has like 50,000 different programs. It's so versatile. And mm -hmm. we're going to do another podcast on that as well. We've done previous mm -hmm. podcasts uh, on that as well. If you want to check those out. Absolutely. Um, but let's talk about, is there any more about, um, is there any more about uh, the forever chemicals you want to add, or do you want to move on to talking about aluminum? I, I think that the only thing left to say is that this is something that is going to continue 
in terms of abundance and the diversity of different products and foods and so on that you're going to find forever chemicals. It's used in so many wrappers and so many different things because it just extends the durability and the sustainability of products and makes them cheaper and last longer and more profitable. And I think it's just going to be a constant continual adhering to looking at different things as to what you put on your body or in your body or you know how, what you're exposed to unfortunately i think it's just going to become more prevalent and more uh requiring a continual co- cognition of the whole situation the way it is can you speak to uh, forever chemicals and their contribution to the obesity epidemic at all in terms of you know the auto it's like an autoimmune disorder that they create it's just the amount of inflammation I think inflammation is stored in fat cells. And I think when you engage in poor nutrition, such as uh, processed foods and you have mineral deficiencies and you have, you know, poor digestion, I think it creates more cravings for uh, more sugars and more, more of the same type of processed foods. And when you're eating all these processed foods and foods that have poor nutrition, you just keep craving them because you never really are sated in terms of, minerals and proper fats and then you create poor cell membranes and you get into this spiral of continuing on and satisfying the toxicities it's sort of like a small amount of toxicity requires more and more to sustain itself and it creates cravings much like candida in the body would uh candida creates its own cravings and so there's always that you know if you have this mineral deficiency you probably have more of a sugar craving or an alcohol craving or a tobacco craving and if you never really satisfy the body's requirements for good nutrition it creates this avenue of continually going down the wrong path in terms of making poor choices with with the things that we do, poor lifestyle choices and then poor nutritional choices as well. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was I was overweight and I was having like tons and tons of food cravings, like just voracious um, salt and vinegar potato chip cravings because my <laughs> body was just crying out for for minerals and you know the potato chips were just a vehicle for the salt. That my, oh, yeah. But you just think it's the chips that you just can't put down the chips. You don't have any will, willpower, you know, but sure. that's not the case. It's just your body. Right. Biology overcomes willpower every time. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, the prevalence of aluminum in our environment and where we find that? Oh, wow. Um, you know, if we go all the way back to the story of aluminum is, is, is quite a bit different than forever chemicals. You know, when we separate aluminum from aluminum ore, we go all the way back to the 1880s. And currently there's something like 70 million tons of pure aluminum produced, which produces 150 million tons of waste, which is not non-recyclable. Uh, once that happened, uh, aluminum was then available and became cheaper and cheaper. And then you know, industry began putting it in a lot of different things. So one of the things that happened is we use, or I say we, but uh, domestic water treatment uses aluminum sulfate to basically make water clearer. It settles out solids. So when we do that, uh, what happens is there's always a trace level of aluminum in the water left. And so now 50, more than 50% of all tap water sources in the United States contain at least point one milligrams per liter of aluminum. And as it turns out, it is the biggest source of aluminum in our bodies and the biggest cause of Alzheimer's. So that's 
one of the commonalities between aluminum and forever chemicals is they both get past the blood brain barrier, accumulate, and they have a campus and contribute to the problem with Alzheimer's. Now, obviously, they're both in water too, but they both can be removed with activated carbon ion exchange. Uh, but most people just don't realize that, just don't have that knowledge. This sort of knowledge isn't, a, isn't put forth on major media. So where do you get it? I mean, it's really a matter of following, you know, following uh, alternative news and listen to detox podcasts and where you're going to pick up this information repeatedly talking about ways of removing ways of detox knowledge is power uh, avoiding the toxins is the first stage of detox so it's a matter of uh, drinking filtered water and removing the aluminum and forever chemicals in your water samples so you don't have that continual input and continual accumulation where it leads to later on creating problems in older age where your maybe your organs don't function as well. There's accumulation of toxins and a threshold is reached where you just don't have the neural transmission. You just don't have the neural tissue uh, available for proper cognition and develop problems with, with Alzheimer's and mobility and autoimmune disorders and arthritis and so on and mineral deficiencies. And then there's broken hips and, you know, kidney damage because 80% of a lot of heavy metals are stored in the kidney. And you get into this old age syndrome where you're just, you know, it's so much more difficult to detox. So it's so much better to gain the knowledge and prevent the accumulation, engage detox and, and just prevent the input of those toxins, be able to continually detox them, these toxins on a regular basis, rather than dealing with the crisis older and as you, as you age and get older, it's much more difficult than to handle this old age chronic disease crisis. That's my experience in treating people for the past eight years here in Panama and Predominantly, my, my clients are predominantly retired. So uh, that's all I deal with. Uh, 90, 95% of my clients are, are, uh, are retirees. So the number one source is aluminum. And I think you'll find it more than 50% of all tap water samples. Easy to correct if you're just running through carbon filters with uh, ion exchange resins. Uh, the next one would be aluminum cookware. Now, I talk to my clients who are from, predominantly from Canada, and United States, South Africa, and more modern countries, and they'll tell me, well, of course we don't use um, we don't use aluminum cookware, but you'd be freaked out if you came to Panama and went downtown, the second largest city in Panama's David, and you went into the uh, department store, and you would see an entire floor full of aluminum cookware. And the first time I saw this, I, I was freaked out. I had to take pictures and ask a lot of questions, of course, all in Spanish, but, but the, the idea here is that Aluminum cookware is prevalent and everywhere in Panama. So people are constantly taking in aluminum by using cookware. How much? 125 milligrams of pure aluminum per serving of food when using aluminum cookware. Eesh. And I'm talking, I'm That's talking scary. about I'm talking everything from coffee makers to regular pots and pans to like slicers made of aluminum and 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 you know forks and spoons and uh, just about anything you can imagine, lids and containers. And I really got freaked out. Of course, it's be such a monumental task to go out and educate everyone and tell them not to use aluminum cookware because aluminum is just so cheap and durable and user-friendly. It doesn't rust. It's so lightweight. It melts at such a lower temperature compared to these other metals. So you'll find artisanal people making all these things out of aluminum and then people using them, having them around the house and 
you know, that's how they take aluminum into their bodies at 125 milligrams per day. It's just an insane amount. Anyone who's using aluminum cookware regularly is going to develop Alzheimer's. There's yeah. just no way around it. Yeah. Even if you're detoxing all the time, you're still going to get Alzheimer's from cookware. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I've noticed too, in not testing clients that people that use aluminum cookware when they have sky high aluminum, always oh, yeah. they're using aluminum cookware. And it's, it's in the restaurants too. When you go to low end restaurants, even the US, oh, yeah. they're oh, yeah. using cheap disposable aluminum cookware, even if you're not at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's disturbing because the average person on the go uh, continually busy is just going to be consuming a lot of aluminum and, and these quick and ready foods or the quick and ready ingredients using, like you said, you know, cheap, cheap cookware made of aluminum. Why? Because it's just everywhere. It's easy. It's fast. It's reliable, durable, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you just don't have that knowledge, you just don't have that concern, you know, you're going to end up as being one or two out of you know, uh, one or two people, 50% or more, 75% of the people over the age of 80 who are going to die of Alzheimer's. The number one cause of death for, for, for retirees is going to be Alzheimer's. And if you just don't have that knowledge, you're going to be in a lot of trouble because once, as you know, <laughs> as you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. It's just so difficult to get out of the body once you have such high concentrations and the damage is done to the neural tissue. And once you have, you know, the moderate forms of Alzheimer's, where you need assistant living at that point in time, aluminum is just so difficult to remove and it takes such a major effort. And it's just such a major task to, to try and remove all that aluminum and allow the, uh, the nerve tissue to repair itself and the neural fibrillary tangles to untangle and neural transmission to continue at a pace where people can lead a, a normal life of being responsible for themselves and daily activities and so on. It's, 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 it's really daunting. Yeah. I really like that point you made that the older you get, the more difficult it is to detox. And it's so true. I mean, people's metabolism slows down, the heavy metals and toxins are interfering in people's ability to detox, interfering in right. liver and kidney and other, you know, oh, yeah. other uh, ways that we detox. People don't realize that they, they need to start detoxing early to so that while their body is working well, while their detox pathways are working really well, not waiting till they get a diagnosis, not waiting till they're ill or fatigued. It's it's much harder to turn that ship around. Oh, absolutely. Uh, another source of aluminum is an antacids, 500 milligrams of aluminum per antacid tablet. And I think it's something like 25, 30% of all the people in the United States are going to have some problem with acid reflux or overproduction of acid in the stomach or improper digestion where they're just gobbling down these sugar-coated colored tablets all the time. And they're getting 500 milligrams per tablet. And even on the package itself, it'll say, you know, and of course in a super small print, you got to get a magnifying glass. It'll say that, you know, don't eat too many of these tablets. You're going to develop some form of dementia and it's on there. So it boggles the mind. Why would people, first off, why would the companies do this to people? Secondly, why wouldn't people just, you know, read that package and say, oh my God, look at this. We need to do something about it. Uh, and it's often involved in, in detoxification and supplementing, supplementing with proper minerals uh, that brings about an end to acid reflux. But yeah, antacids, you're, if you're eating them regularly and you suffer from acid reflux, it's 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 a guaranteed uh, absolute assumption. You're likely going to develop dementia and Alzheimer's. Of course, the package says will tell you openly, right? Um, so that's another big big no no. And the fourth one I'd have to say is processed foods. You know, if you're leading 
a pretty good life in terms of being fit and engaging in sweat therapies, having a good diet, uh, proper supplementation, you may be taking five to 10 milligrams of aluminum in your diet every day. It's the third most common element in the Earth's crust, normally bound to silica. But if you're eating processed foods, for instance, one of the biggest sources of aluminum in processed foods is uh, cheese on frozen pizzas. A lot of people would say, huh? But yeah, it's if they put, you know, aluminum and aluminum compounds in these processed foods just to make them easier in processing. So, you know, frozen pizzas, the cheese contains aluminum to make it easier to process and, and put on the pizza. But any kind of powdered uh, uh, processed foods, so you're doing pancake mixes and your cake mixes often contain some type, some type of aluminum compound as an anti-caking agent or or something in the processing that makes it easier to use. And every time you're eating these processed foods, you're taking in more and more aluminum. Uh, so that's another big avenue of aluminum into our body is just processed food. And when you're studying this stuff, like we do for, for decades, you figure out, you know, well, wait a minute, this is the same thing over and over, avoiding processed foods is a big one because processed foods just contain all this garbage uh, and it's cheap and easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you pay a price for it later on if you're overdoing it, relying on processed junk all the time, and you just don't get the organic vegetables, which help you detox and provide good nutrition and prevent, as you mentioned, these cravings that people get because their whole their bodies are starving. You know, they're eating all this high calorie carb stuff, the sugar loaded junk, and they're just not getting good nutrition. So they have more cravings and they eat more junk. And it's just this endless revolving door unfortunately so processed foods are just so bad all the way around now most people ask me what about aluminum cans and what about this and that you know if you're using aluminum foil just to cover foods and put it in the fridge that's fine according to the research i've read over many years it seems to be fine it's when you're cooking with aluminum and using acid compounds and the aluminum gets exposed to the acid compounds or the heat it tends to mobilize the aluminum into the food and then you take it into your body Otherwise, in that aluminum cans, not that bad. It's about 0.5 milligrams of aluminum per liter, and the average person taking in like eight or ten milligrams of aluminum per day. So it's you know it's not that bad. Surprisingly, uh, antiperspirants is another source, but generally speaking, aluminum doesn't penetrate the skin very well, so it's a minor source. Although you can ex get exposed to 70 milligrams of aluminum per application of antiperspirant, and of course they make you know, no aluminum antiperspirants. They're readily available on different websites and they work just as well. I use them all the time. And then some other food um, sources might be tea. Uh, tea some, sometimes contains aluminum and more aluminum if it's grown on acidic soils because uh, the aluminum will get absorbed by certain types of plants. It will attach it to oxalate because aluminum is just toxic to everything. So bacteria and plants and animals and us and you name it, aluminum just has no function in the human body. It's just all the way toxic and nothing really wants it, unfortunately, besides industry and some, some mean processed foods. And that's about it. And outside of that, I'd have to say food containers, uh, sometimes food containers, especially with acid drinks, uh, can build up decent amounts of of aluminum in the in the liquid, and you can get about 16 milligrams of aluminum per liter of of liquid that you're consuming. And sometimes foods, you know, 50% of all agricultural soils are are grown on acid acid soils, 
And so what happens is when that ha- when that happens, more aluminum is made mobile in the soil and the plants tend to absorb the aluminum. They form the oxalate with the aluminum to keep it in, in, in bound in a compound form. And then you eat the oxalate, which is inflammatory, and then you consume the aluminum, uh, which is inflammatory and has a tendency to accumulate in the body. And so that tends to be a problem. But 85% of all aluminum that you take into your body, according to research studies, accumulates in the brain. And that's predominantly in the hippocampus. And that's the major contributor to the Alzheimer's disease, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing such high rates of not only Alzheimer's, but other forms of dementia as well and Parkinson's and um, so many other, uh, you know, health issues that just devastate families that people don't realize they're, you know, in the early stages, they are reversible by removing Mm -hmm. these toxins that are promoting them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the answer for aluminum is simple. It's called silica. Silica is like the second biggest element in the Earth's crust and aluminum is the third. Silica and alumina have a thing going on. They bind to each other in a compound that just is very stable. Well, you can do the same thing that nature does, and that is bind aluminum with silica. So if you went on the Internet and said, well, how do I detox from aluminum? Uh, the inter- a cursory search might tell you, just eat more green beans. And it's actually true. Uh, green beans contain 2.5 milligrams of silica per 100 grams, and the absorption is 50%. So when we're talking about you know, eating something and obtaining nutrition, first we talk about the, the amount of milligrams per gram of food or per 100 grams of whatever you're eating. And the second most important thing is the percent absorption. So you could, for instance, you could maybe have, uh, you could eat mussels, which contain silica, like about 10 milligrams per 100 grams of mussels that you eat, but the absorption rate is 5.5%. So you're not really benefiting from the silica that you're taking in by eating mussels because it's just not absorbed by the body. However, going back to green beans, you're talking 2.5 milligrams per 100 grams, and the percent absorption is 50%. So you're really getting the benefit of the silica, you know, by eating the green beans. So again, it's going to come back to organic vegetables. The same thing for the forever chemicals. You're going to eat certain types of organic vegetables, which bind the toxins. We might be bile acids, but for us, if we were talking about aluminum, if we're talking about silica binding the aluminum and passing it out, this time predominantly through the kidneys, through the urine. Okay, so that's the one type of food is the green beans. The others, surprisingly, would be grains. So whole oats would contain 270 milligrams per gram, uh, per 100 grams of, of uh, silica. So silica at 278 milligrams per 100 grams of food, and it's 49% absorbable. Uh, the barley, 109 milligrams per 100 grams and about the same 49% absorbable potatoes 93 milligrams per 100 grams 21% absorbable so you know even in certain types of beers such as Indian pale ale it contains a lot of silica high in barley that silica gets transferred into the liquid beer and it's actually a good way to detox from aluminum believe it or not and of course that silica as most minerals are located in the skin and the hull of the grain and so on. So you really have to go with whole oats or whole grains or eat the skin of the potato to obtain the nutrition of the minerals, such as silica, which are going to bind the aluminum and carry it out of the body. So 
again and again and again, it comes back to a good diet, avoiding the toxins from the processed food. At the same time, you're detoxing by including the organic vegetables, maybe some good whole grains if you're not overtly allergic to gluten um, and, and potatoes, uh, the skins of potatoes. So that's some of the food sources. Now, the other huge thing is silica and water. And we'd have to go back a couple decades um, where that first came out in the literature. They started talking about silica and certain types of water in blue zones where people didn't develop dementia. They didn't get, there was like 75% decrease in Alzheimer's in certain areas that didn't have processed foods, that people that had a good diet and there was silica in the water sources that they were consuming every day and it bound the aluminum and it it added nutrition it it made more pliable arteries because silica is really important to the elasticity of our arteries so they didn't have heart attacks they didn't have arteriosclerosis they didn't have uh, alzheimer's and dementia so these were like garden of edens where you know scientists went in and said well where are the people that have dementia well we don't have any wait a minute, what do you mean you don't have any? And they begin studying these areas and they find, well, yeah, you know, early on, National Geographic picked up the story and said, well, they have good family relationships and they don't eat a lot of garbage. Yeah, they, that's true. But later on, Dr. Dennis Krauss goes back into the blue zones, measuring the silica and the water. And he found out that there was an increase in blue zone effect as, as you increase the amount of silica in the water sources. So the more silica that you had in the water, the more health benefit there was, and then the less disease, so much so that it became startling and just mind-boggling. For instance, there's like uh, one in four chance of living past 100 if you live outside the blue zone. So in other words, you're four times as likely to live past 100 if you live in a blue zone. And these are areas, as I look at my map here, I would say like, uh, Nicoya, Costa Rica, an out-of-the-way place, Sardinia Island, uh, Italy, Ikaria Island in Greece, Okinawa Island in Japan. Yeah, a lot of islands. In other words, they don't have fast food. There's not industry. They're eating, you know, organic fruits and vegetables and so on. And so when that happens and you have silica in the water, you know, people don't develop disease. 80% increase in arteriosclerosis if you live someplace like the United States compared to the Blue Zone uh, five times higher chance of being affected by heart disease, seven times higher chance of developing prostate cancer if you live in the United States compared to living in the blue zone. So when I read this and I read the research papers and I read the books and it all concurred to this fact, I thought, wow, this is crazy. How do I apply that to people that are looking you know, to get that blue zone effect without moving just, you know, to Okinawa, Japan, and maybe your, your Japanese is rough and you can't want to do that. The bottom line is there are certain silica waters. Fiji water is one. There are other waters that have silica in a natural form. And if you just take your magnifying glass and have a looky-loo on the bottled water, you'll figure out whether or not it has silica. Now, the other idea is just to make like a synthetic silica water known as silicate. And this, you just go onto YouTube, look up Dr. Dennis Krauss, Krauss with the C. And he'll tell you how to make a water. You can make up like five gallons at a time. I do. And I sell it to my clients very cheaply. And then you add sodium silicate to water, uh, it, you know, a little uh, small amount. And it's heated up and water becomes soluble. And you pour it into another batch of water. And then you add a certain amount of sodium bisulfide, I believe. And then you add a certain amount of 
sodium bicarbonate, just a tiny one eighth teaspoonful uh, per certain amount of water. And then you're adding minerals and you're making this silica water, which you're drinking three times a day. Now, I presented this to my clients who have high aluminum based on hair tests. And of course, the first thing these people tell me is, ask me is, well, how much do I have to drink before I get problems that I have? Uh, and so uh, what happens is typically th within three months, there are research papers that state that if you drink this water three times a day, eight ounces at a shot, morning, uh, noon, and night, that you'll significantly decrease uh, the amount of aluminum in your body while significantly increasing cognitive ability in someone who's affected by Alzheimer's. And I've shown that in just a couple of people that had high, high aluminum concentrations in probably preliminary stages of Alzheimer's. So this is a real thing you find in the research in published peer-reviewed scientific journals, also in the book by Dr. De uh, Dennis Krauss, who talks about the blue zones and all the research papers in my book called Aluminum Detox and Easy Solution. I took all these books and research papers, summarized it into a 100-page, easy-to-read book, and I tell you all how to go about removing aluminum, decreasing the symptoms of Alzheimer's, and overcoming the chronic disease. Uh, I love it. I love it because aluminum, it, it's so prevalent in people today. Um, and even if they, they do heavy metals tests, it doesn't always show. That's um, right. There's there some labs uh, for hair testing doesn't show very well. Um, it, it doesn't always show well in urine. It doesn't really show in stool, but That's everyone right. has it. I mean, it's impossible to avoid. So, so my caution to people is that they do heavy metals testing and the, the aluminum is low. There's no aluminum. Don't be fooled. It's in your body. It's just not coming out right now. Right. So in other words, if you're taking, you're getting a hair test and there's no aluminum in there, and you still have, you know, symptoms of brain fog or aches and pains or some of the problems associated with aluminum toxicity, it will take, as you know, as you know, it will take a certain amount of detoxing of the organs to bring the heavy metals out of the organs or out through the uh, the brain through the uh, blood-brain barrier into the blood, which is then the highway to eliminate the heavy metals the gastrointestinal tract bound to silica. If we're talking heavy metals, mercury bound to glutathione, which the body naturally produces, but in lesser amounts if you have inflammatory conditions. So that's when people start detoxing is when they start picking up the aluminum and some of the heavy metals in the blood through the hair test. And of course, you remember Dr. Andrew Cutler, who was promoting the idea of deranged mineral transport. And he said that if you have minerals in your hair test that are up and down and all over the place and not in the recommended range, it's likely due to heavy metal toxicity in the organs, preventing the utilization, absorption, and transfer of the good metals. And this was an indication of heavy metal toxicity, which you tended not to see in the hair test until you began the detox. It came out into the blood and then the hair test would pick it up. Oftentimes, if you overdid it, as I did 10 years ago, you can develop increased symptoms of toxicity during the detox process. And then, of course, you get worse before you get better. <laughs> I guess it's complicated. Yeah, people don't like that. They don't want to feel worse. They want to do a protocol to get better than feel worse. But, you know, that's kind of, you know, it can be part of the program and, and getting better. It's, there's not always an upward trajectory 
improvement in symptoms, what people want, but there are ways to manage many, many, many ways to manage detox symptoms. Um, so let's talk a little bit about maybe, is there any other ways besides silica to go about, uh, detoxing aluminum? You know, uh, I always start off, I developed a detox protocol after studying this stuff for 15 years, and that's always sweat therapies. I studied sweat therapies. I wrote a chapter in my mercury book. And I was just so taken with it because it does such wonderful things. The first thing it does is that it will level out the toxins in the blood. So if there's higher aluminum in the blood, you're going to get higher levels in the sweat and vice versa. You know, if you engage the detoxing too aggressively, you will bind the toxins in the blood to the point where the body will then throw out more from the organs. And there could be too much. There's a recirculation, redistribution. You get sicker. So I always tell people, look, begin with sweat therapies, level off the toxins in the blood because the, you know, the sweat therapies have a, have a leveling effect on what's in the blood without taking out everything. You know, some of these synthetic binders, they bind everything in the blood, and they let them go. At this point, the body's throwing more from the organs. It's kind of a diffusionary process. The person gets redistribution and increase in toxins in the blood. I see it in the hair test and they get sick. They're out of commission for a couple of weeks and no more detox. So how to avoid that? Just start off with sweat therapies. Start off with sweat therapies. And then once you're sweating, you get the excretory processes mobilized in the body. You open up the excretory pathways in the body and the body begins detoxing in a normal avenue, a normal way that it normally does. Because if you go back 2000 years, you'll find people who lived on the coast and ate nothing but seafood, their hair samples still had high levels of mercury because mercury has been around forever. So our bodies are very capable of getting rid of toxins that have been around a while. And a lot of the toxins that haven't been around in a while or for a while because through sweat therapies. So that's the first one. This And it's been around 2000 years. People have been, you know, you get, you get these hot houses or you get these sweat lodges or there's like a test Macau, Macau I did here in Panama where you get together, you know, and you're sitting in this sweat tent for three hours and banging drums or whatever. <laughs> I did it. It was good fun for just a little while. I got out. I was a bit heat strict. Heat, I had suffered from heat stroke. And I was kind of like, oh, my God, you know, I could go for a nice cold beer. But, um, you know, getting getting into that, you know, sweat therapies beyond that recommend intestinal binders. So you have your 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 chlorella spirulina, your your zeolites and so on. And then the last stage is liposomal glutathione, which is kind of the big heavy-duty detox where you're binding, aggressively binding the remaining toxins that are in the body, and you're really increasing the level of detoxicity, detoxic, detoxifying in the body at more rapid rate, but lesser amounts of toxins overall. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, I love the part before you talked about silica and, and being in beer, and you can kind of do, you can do a beer detox. <laughs> That's probably what I'm going to be doing a beer talk. So watching the world cup finals <laughs> probably next week. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but, we can, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. But, the, but, you know, I'm not saying go drink a case of beer to, uh, right, right. Detox of aluminum. Of but course. yeah, there, there's so many different nutrients our body needs to detox. And I think a lot of people, aren't detoxing very well or don't have, you know, uh, toxins coming out in their hair or other testing because their body just doesn't have the raw materials to do it. You know, I think a lot of the, the toxins we have in our body, we're using up our natural, um, you know, the, the antioxidants in our food and the glutathione, our liver makes, it's all getting used up 
just to try to clean house a little bit, uh, our endogenous oh. toxins that we make as well. And our body oh. needs extra help. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I could not agree more. You're spot on with the way that works. So in other words, if all of your nutrition is contributing just to maintain a certain amount of detoxification continually, you're just going to not get the nutrition you need to sustain regular, regular metabolic function. And boy, isn't that just the way it is in most people today in the United States? Yeah. So, uh, so Dr. McGraw, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, is there anything else uh, that we haven't talked about regarding aluminum that you wanted to add? I, you know, the only other thing I would say is that, you know, there are so many studies. If you wanted to get into this, get into this and look at studies on PubMed, I don't think people should become intimidated because there are abstracts and summaries of studies. And if you look at my book, as well as the book of other people, if you want to know the value of a good detox book, just look at the end and you'll see all the sources where people list all the, you know, avenues of information that you can get. If you really want to know the story, you can go back into the research papers. They're in my book. They're in other books uh, about detox. You can go back to the original sources of the peer-reviewed scientific papers where they conducted studies and they shown repeatedly decade after decade, this is how aluminum gets into the body. This is how it gets out of the body. This is what to do. And of course, we summarize all these things. You summarize these things on podcasts so people can listen to them on the go. It's such an incredible, valuable service that you provide because people don't have time to read books like I do. And of course, I'm just a science nerd, but, but you know, how do they get that information? through the podcast, but if they wanted to take it to the next level and go back to the research papers, I encourage people to try and do that, to try to go to that level if they have any questions, to go back to the original sources. But I know most people just don't have the time. And, you know, people are listening to podcasts on the iPod on the go and wherever they are, I see them and they, I, I know that they have, that's how they get the information and that's just amazing. I think it's awesome what you're doing for people. You know, I've looked at many of your podcasts and wow, just think about the amount of information and the lives that you're helping in the lives that you're saving by providing this in an avenue where people can quickly absorb it. It's just awesome. Yeah, I know. And it really, I, I've been doing this for 10 years and I still, it still gets my juices flowing because the more research you read and the more podcasts you listen to it, the more it just lights a fire under your ass to get in your sauna, you know, because <laughs> <No laughs> you know, sometimes you just don't want to do this stuff. I mean, it's time oh, yeah. consuming and it's, you know, it's <laughs> not always fun and you get tired sometimes after the sauna, but you really do need a reminder sometimes to keep living that detox lifestyle because we do have such a huge threat in our environment and there is so much upside and benefit to taking these supplements and doing saunas on the ionic foot baths, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I find that my clients that don't sweat when they come to me and they say, Oh, you know, I tell you, you know, it's a great place to start is infrared saunas or any saunas. I, I had one client that want to sit in the car with the heater on. I told you, I don't care if you want to do yard work and Panama, it's so hot, you sweat. However you want to sweat, I don't care. Just begin sweating. And if they come in and tell me that, well, I don't sweat. I'm not a sweater. Automatically, I know we're in big trouble when they're coming in with chronic disease conditions. Because if you're not sweating, you're eliminating one of the major avenues in your body of getting rid of trash because they call the skin the third kidney for a reason because it doesn't become so much toxic like our regular kidneys do because kidneys, 80% of all the heavy metals stored in the kidney. 
stored in the liver. These are the these are the organs responsible for detoxification. So you may get into this the situation where you're in a lot of trouble and your organs aren't in good shape because they're toxic from the heavy metals. And those organs are responsible for the ones getting rid of the heavy metals. What do you do? Well, you go to your third kidney, which is the skin, and you sweat out a lot of the garbage, detoxing the organs through that pathway, along with taking glutathione and getting rid of the toxins bound to the gastrointestinal tract. And that's how people can get out of that mess that they can find themselves in by having damaged detox organs of the kidney and the liver. So I guess that's my final word. <laughs> yes. And you know, I didn't sweat either when I first started doing saunas. And I think it's, I had years of putting conventional lotions on my skin, you know, just kind of clogging up my pores and, you know, sure. just, you know, some, some people uh, just, they just kind of, their skin gets very congested or that maybe they don't exfoliate enough or just something's going on uh, where, but you, you need to get into a hot environment and you're going to, you're going to start sweating. If your sauna is hot enough, you're going to sweat. That, and it's, sorry, it's a, it's an acclimation process. Yes. Uh, so in other words, when you first get in there, I always tell them, look, you're going to sweat a little bit. Oh, I didn't sweat. Do it again. Okay, I sweat a little bit. And the next time the body anticipates this and acclimates it, well, of course you're going to sweat. Just like you just said, of course the body's going to sweat. And then before long, you're finding every, almost every pore in your body is sweating. Your legs are sweating. Your your chest is sweating. Your head's sweating. Your arms are sweating. And then you begin, you know, really excretory pathways open up. And this is the beginning of a new life. And like you said, the lifestyle, it's a lifestyle. It's an everyday, it's a, it's a mental attitude. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when I started using saunas more and more and more, then I started sweating more when I wasn't in a sauna. So <laughs> that, that, that I, That's... I really enjoyed. So why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and how they can work with you? Cause you work one-on-one -on -one with patients, correct? Right. I have clients from all over the world. I offer training for Spooky2 software. I've been using Spooky2 software and Rife technology to heal people from uh, chronic disease, uh, late fourth stage cancers, uh, all kinds of detox and chronic disease issues. So my website is drbillmcgraw.com. So it's D-R-B-I-L-L-M-C-G-R-W.com. That's where you'll find reviews from consultations. I have some of my clients from Rife Technology have offered uh, reviews of the services that I do here in Panama. And then on, I have another website where I do a lot of organic uh, farming and I have information on all kinds of organic agriculture. And that's uh, new Aqua Tech Panama. So N E W A Q U A T E C H P A N A M A dot com. And there you're going to find a lot of podcasts on the, all kinds of things. I work with coral reefs, restoration of coral reefs, and, you know, whale saving whales and whale dying in oceans because of heavy metals. Big surprise. And so all that information is on that new Aqua Tech website in terms of farming and, and environmental issues, which I also get into which is a lot of fun. So you can contact me there. There's emails, there's free podcasts, there's seminars, there's all the information signing up for seminars and all kinds of whatever I'm doing at that time. Fantastic. I think that's great. You're doing spooky to rife training because that's oh, a yeah. lot of people, they get a spooky too. And they're like, how do I set this up and use it? So it's, it's really, it's great that you're doing training like that. Cause I use, you know, I use a spooky to rife and I've had a lot of listeners that are also using them. So I think the training is invaluable that you're providing. Absolutely. It seems like I've been working with computers for 40 years. I, 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 I just think about that, but it's nuts. But it just, I picked this program and started using it. But I realize um, a lot of people that do that, they look at this and they go, oh no. But 
um, you know, haven't been around computers for so long and using hundreds of programs over the past 40 years, I just, I guess I just adapted so quickly to it. But I realized that most people aren't like that, <laughs> as nerdy as I am. So, yeah, I do provide online training and I show them how to use the program and how to go about using the protocols I developed for, for, for curing cancers and detoxing and all that. And normally it only takes one or two sessions and, and they're up to speed and they start using it every day and also provide encouragement and, you know, continual support too. Yeah, that's fantastic. Cause I, you know, I use a, a Rife as well. And I think it's just a fantastic way to detox the body, to address infections, to uh you know kind to have a cold and i just used it you know for for the cold and i used it just on my daughter right now for a wart which is viral and uh it just has a, a so many different uses and um so many different programs that you can use but we'll talk yeah. about that more on our next show so, <laughs> right, uh, right well dr mcgraw thanks so much for coming on the show it was so educational i love all those little tidbits and statistics and facts you gave us there so thanks for coming on the show and everyone i'm dr wendy myers thanks for listening to the show and tuning in every week i love having world experts from all over the planet, uh, educating you about how to detox your body and to improve your life and upgrade your life because you deserve to feel good. So thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.